Hey guys, welcome to Tales of Futurama. I am Dando. I am Mitch, and we are the hosts of Four Finger Discount, a Simpsons podcast that has endeavoured to review every episode of The Simpsons chronologically from the beginning. And they just won't end the show. They won't. They just got signed on for two more seasons. So to give us something different to talk about, we decided for our patron supporters of Four Finger Discount that we would have a look back at Futurama from the beginning. And it's been a hell of a ride because Futurama was a show that I really loved when I was a lot younger. Mitch, not you so much. So it's been a really interesting to hear Mitch's take because you've essentially been watching the show for the first time, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I loved what I had seen, but I'd only seen maybe 10 episodes. So yeah. it's been very cool to dive back in. But what we've decided to do is open up the show uh, on a free feed as well. Our patrons have had their fill of season one, so we thought we'll give it out to the broader public. If you like what you listen to in this week and you want to dive right in, the entirety of season one is available for just $5 at www.patreon.com forward slash four finger discount. Become a subscriber, listen to it all. And then uh, look, bugger off until season two if you want to. That's up to you. Uh, but outside of that, uh, stick around, enjoy the content. And if you like this and you've never listened to Four Finger Discount, shuffle on over there as well. You can listen to eight seasons now in its in their entirety of Simpsons-related mayhem. Yes, patrons get access to our monthly draws, the show a week early, plus season two of Futurama, plus our exclusive Four Finger Discount Facebook group. Plenty, plenty of content available right now. Patreon.com slash Four Finger Discount. But for now, enjoy Tales of Futurama. So, where are we going anyway? Nowhere special. The moon. The moon? The moon? The moon moon? Wow! I'm going to be a famous hero, just like Neil Armstrong and those other brave guys no one ever heard of. Ah, oh, I love stuff like the moon. Can I come, Leela? Well, I guess so. Just be careful. I'd like to hold off any major screw-ups until at least my second day as captain. Nothing will go wrong. If something goes wrong, bring back the blood. Can I do the countdown? Huh? Oh, sure. Knock yourself out. Ten. Nine. Okay, we're here. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, blast off. Good news, everyone. I'm back, baby. Welcome to Four Finger Discounts. Excellent, exclusive I mean, can we call it excellent off the top? We may as well. Review of Futurama, the as-yet-untitled podcast. This week, the podcast is called Fried As It Always Rain On Me, brackets, by Travis, close brackets. Stando, how are you? I'm good, thanks. That's exactly how uh, Futurama would have it, the brackets. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm Mitch, of course, sorry. I forgot to do that off the top. This is only the third time I've ever done an intro, so I'm a little rusty but you look I, nervous. I, I'm not nervous. It's just that I started talking and went shit. Normally at this point, I'm kind of picking lint out of my belly button and I wait for Dando to I stop making noise. Yeah. <laughs> this time I've had to come to the party. Uh, it worked fine last time, but I think that was beginner's luck. Yep. But we'll keep we'll improve the intros as we go on. You're proving that you're professional. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's that's exactly <laughs> what I am. Uh, this week we're here to review episode two. The series has landed. We are. This is a alternate title: "Fry Me to the Moon" or "I Apologize." That's pretty good. Thank you. Why is he apologizing though? Is Fry a leader apologizing for treating Fry like an idiot? Uh it's Making whatever you want it, him. It's whatever you want it to be, Dando. You can throw it. Um, it could be Bender as apologizing to, to the, the farmer, farmer for yeah. touching his beautiful robot daughters. Not the Crushinator, though. Not the Crushinator. She's well, that fine. <laughs> You've got to treat her nice. <laughs> uh, so, what do you think of the episode? I feel like this episode is basically an extension of a pilot. That it. Yeah. I mean, you've got the. 
they're just lightly introducing a few new elements and a few new characters. They give a bit of a uh, bit of background about what Planet Express is. I mean, the first the first minute or two is literally just explaining to the viewer what you can expect to see from the future episodes revolving around Planet Express. Yep. So, in that sense, it doesn't quite fully feel like a, a an episode is going to feel in the future. It's still just laying some groundwork, more so than getting into things on its own accord. I forgot they had the cold openings in the early years. Yeah, right. Because they never used it. Now it just gets I'd, straight into the intro. Yeah, I'd forgotten that as well because uh, I actually thought, oh, geez, they've shortened down the intro already until... Until yeah. it hit me, and I went, ah, oh, well, there you go. Uh, do you know this originally wasn't going to be the second episode? I did not. The second episode was going to be My Three Sons, and that's the one where Fry goes to another planet and drinks the leader and becomes the king of the planet, which I think is now episode seven. But I think they made the right choice for making this episode, too, for those reasons you said just then. It's a really good companion piece to Space Pilot 3000. It is, yeah. Because Fry is still behaving the way we would behave if we first went to the future. He hasn't quite transitioned into that future life yet. He's, no. Everything's still new and fresh to him and exciting, like the moon. Yeah. It means nothing to people in the future. Yeah. To him, it's like, oh my God, it's the moon. It got me thinking that whole plot about how the moon is just, you know, it's, it's been turned into an amusement park. It's, yep. it's You get there in two seconds before you can even count down. That's my favorite moment. 10 to 1. <laughs> what was it? 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Blast off. Blast off. <laughs> um, do you think that the moon still holds luster today? It does. Does for you? It's the furthest point we've been able to reach. Yes, like, as in humans, we've like, sent things yeah. past it, but yeah. it's sort of so it's like the you know the Truman Show. It's like the mm. wall. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like where the door opens. It's like that's what's beyond that. You know, it's you, we still don't. Are know. you saying that the moon is the headquarters for a television yes. studio? <laughs> what's what's is it? Christopher? Christoph? I, I think it might be Christopher. I know it's Ed Harris. Yes, like, yeah. <laughs> he's up in the sky on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> Truman Show, amazing movie, by the way. We need, we need to do a review of that. I haven't watched that movie in a really long time, actually. It, it holds fun. up. It holds up. It's great. I'm sure it would. Yeah. It, I mean, any, it, uh, off the top of my head, directed by uh, Paul Verhoeven. Don't ask me. I can't. No, it was more that I was unsure of the pronunciation of his surname. Okay. But, um, the same guy who did uh, Robocop and really? Starship Troopers, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Starship Troopers, another fantastic film. I hope I'm not mistaken, because if I am, let's do a people, quick check. People will write in. <laughs> Uh, oh boy, will they write in. Ah, it's Peter Weir. Oh no. At least you corrected yourself. Peter Weir is actually who I meant, and then I said Paul Verhoeven, and then I got lost. Peter Weir, director of Dead Poets Society, Master and Commander, Picnic at Hanging Rock. Uh, and Glimley. Okay films? Yeah, okay <laughs> films. He's had a, uh, I mean, he's had a career. Yeah. If you, were, you could call it good if you wanted to, hasn't if you a, were right. Hasn't done a podcast yet, though. No. Hasn't been on our <laughs> podcast yet, either, and until you have, Pete. Um you know, some some people call him Peter. I like to call him Paul. But until he's been on the <laughs> podcast. I you know what I loved about this episode? Fry's enthusiasm throughout the whole thing. Mm. Like, Leela just continues to try to break him down. But it's just, he just doesn't care. He's having the time of his life. He's on the moon. Yeah. It's exactly how I would be if yeah. I was there as well. And I would be doing what he's doing. Like, no, there's a rover there. I'm taking the rover out. But what this episode does is just to explain to people like us, it is just a dull rock in the sky. There's nothing there. But for some reason, we put it on this pedestal as if it's this amazing place that we have to visit one day. But there's nothing there. It's an amazing... It, it still holds up, as you said. It's the furthest we've ever been. But it's the technical achievement of actually getting there. And going yeah. into this void where we do not belong. Like, everything there, without everything going right, without all of the best of our minds put together, we will die. Like, you, you just... You, you know, you can't just go there. 
I think that's what it is. And to be able to look back when he says, uh, when Leela finally sees it through his eyes and she looks out the window and sees Earth yep. tiny in the sky. Could you imagine the just how awe-inspiring that would be to be standing there and looking back down on Earth? Like, I... I very much relate to Fry throughout the entirety of this episode. And as you said, it's a cool... More so than the pilot. Yeah, more so than the pilot. Although, yeah, yeah, it's still kind of... Like, I feel like you'd be pretty overwhelmed. Maybe more so... I'd probably be more overwhelmed than Fry actually was if I'd just rocked up in the future. Yeah. Um, But in any case, what I was going to say is that it, it is a very, very cool piece to start things off. Also because you're kind of dipping a toe in the water in space exploration. Um, they're breaking it down to say, like, you know, it's commonplace now. You can get to the space easily. But they're also kind of just getting you started. Because if we suddenly zoomed off to some other galaxy, you couldn't then do an episode about going to the moon in Season 7. Because you're like, well, why would you be excited about that when you have already gone to, you know, the fucking wherever? Now, how do you think they went introducing the three other main characters, not main characters, but side characters, Zoidberg, Hermes, and Amy? It was they well. I mean, quickly. Amy. Amy obviously has more to do. She played the key role because in the episode, she goes along. Yep. Yeah, which which surprised me because normally later in the seasons, I feel like she becomes more of a down here character, where Zoeberg and Hermes are more prominent. I guess they found more ways for comedy through those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, they're given just passing glances at best, which I guess I understand, and I, I don't mind either because they're taking their time with it, like. Again, this comes from the fact that you've had two years to work on something and you've mapped out the way you want to introduce your characters, I suppose, that it's a thing of, we'll get to them, don't worry. We just want you to know that they exist. So then next episode, when we do a plot about Hermes, it's not going to have come completely from left field. I actually enjoyed Amy in this episode, but I find later on that she annoys me. She's not quite the little rich, snobby kid yet. Mm. She was actually quite There's reference nice. to it. Yeah, but she was... Not rubbing in anyone's face. She didn't want anyone to know that she was the rich kid, really. Yeah. Well, yeah, later no. on, she's just a spoiled brat. Yeah, okay. Now, Zoiberg, do you know what he was meant to be? What he's an homage to? Outside of a lobster. <laughs> he was the reverse of uh, Bones McCoy from Star Trek. Now, who was the doctor Okay. Star Trek? Yeah, so, their, their theory was that Spock wouldn't like being treated by a human. So, mm-hmm. that it's here it's reversed. So, it's a human being treated by somebody who's not human. Gotcha. And how would they re- respond to that? How would you respond to a giant lobster? Pretty much the same way Fry did, yes. and that's a that is a great reveal and a great bit of camera work. That oh, like the yeah. close up, like uh, I can't remember what Fry's line is is before it, but just that scream from Billy West is fantastic. Yes. What about the uh, open your mouth and say, <laughs> <laughs> "My mother was a saint." Get out. <laughs> Hermes is actually quite different in the original script as well. He was originally named Dexter, and he wasn't Jamaican. I feel like Dexter actually works more if he is Jamaican. But anyway, is it is it very Jamaican name? Or no, that it's the, or not. Was that the gag? But I, I was just thinking of um, Eddie Murphy Raw, where he's talking about you know uh, dude's wife going off to Jamaica and meets like the Dexter, Dexter Saint Jock, <laughs> <laughs> and his voice. What is a beautiful girl doing <laughs> all alone on the island of paradise? What about Beta Slim, who's uh, who sleeps with Hermes' wife in later episodes? Oh, okay. It's just he's pretty much that guy. Yeah, cool. Yes. <laughs> but it was actually Matt Groening's decision to change Hermes to the Jamaican, yep. and call him Hermes and really ham up the voice because the voice isn't quite there yet, is it? Not quite. It's not full-blown Rastafari. No. They recorded his dialogue 
with the original voice, had to go back and re-record the entire thing. Oh, okay. As a Jamaican. Yeah, yeah. And getting back to Zoibo, just before we get into the review. So, his name was inspired by a video game that David X. Cohen worked on back in college mm. on the Apple II, and the game was called Zoid. Now, the game never got released, but they spent three years working on it. So, this is an homage to, to that, the game Zoid. That's where Zoiberg comes from. They're the facts that you guys are paying your couple bucks a month for. <laughs> <laughs> now, what was your favorite moment from the episode? Well, if we go outside of the uh, the quick blast off, I really enjoyed the writing construct of having Bender showing Amy how to play the claw game, and well, even though it's was it with the claw originally, or was it? I think it was a claw, and then having that pay off with the magnet to come save the day at yep. the end of the episode. Um, it was all just the toys a, on the on yeah, the yeah, all death. the toys on the side. Yeah. It was just a cool little. It, it almost makes me think of snakes on a plane, to be honest. But I like whenever whenever they have a thing of like someone doing something that is a seemingly insignificant game, and then that skill ends up paying off later in the episode. It was like a movie moment. That it was it? like a movie moment, yeah. Because not very often, even in The Simpsons, you get the stories tying in together in such a climactic way. Yeah. Mine was the countdown, and mm. also Amy's yelling in Chinese when she drops the keys initially. Yeah. <laughs> Trivia, what have you got for me this week, Mitch? Uh, what is the name of the Pac-Man-style game in the arcade? It's just over their shoulders when they're playing with the claw. Well, I've got the list of games on the next page. I'm not going to look. I believe it was is it gender-neutral Pac-Man or... Close. Gender-neutral Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man? Nah, uh, what is a more gender-neutral word pack instead of man? Human? Pac-person? Pac-person. Pac-person. Gender-neutral Pac-person. <laughs> uh, what's the Lunar Park slogan? Oh, because it's a takeoff of Disneyland. So there's the clue. Uh, the happiest place off Earth, orbiting Earth. Ah, damn. Uh, what was the capacity of Fry's oxygen tank? Oh, I don't know. It was. <laughs> it didn't have. A, it didn't have a unit. So fifty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What coordinates are good for sex according to Bender? Sixty. Ah, oh, no, that was degrees. So, so it's, he says, what's the process? So, before that, he says two movements. Left, uh, down. No. Nah. Left, down, rotate 62 degrees, engage rotor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. It was like 62 to... I feel like that's a pretty steep angle to be coming in from. So... <laughs> Dando <laughs> is just tilting a pen <laughs> above a mug. Engage <laughs> rotor. <laughs> what, um, what does the temperature drop down to? Ooh, good question. I don't know. It, oh, it's both Fahrenheit and Celsius. Yes. Is it 49? Uh, I've, I've written 173, but that's very hot. <laughs> no, I can't believe. Minus 173? I think you need to find out. <laughs> 173? I just wrote 173. I was tired. <laughs> what did you say? I don't know. I just wrote 173. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's very hot. That can't be the, that can't. That be must hot. be a negative. It has to be a minus. By the end of the episode, I think we'll, I just we'll, forgot to put in minus one hundred. By the end of the episode, we'll find this out. <laughs> uh, what does the farmer's hat say? Uh, this is a problem with when we schedule to record on a Wednesday, so I watch on a Tuesday, and then we don't record until the Saturday morning. Yeah, and I don't remember a thing about the episode. Um. Oh, I know it's a take on something, but I can't think it's of it. The moon oh, the moon shall rise again. Yes. Yep. Take on the south. Take on the south shall rise again. Um, oh, we should... Uh, sorry, we should have pointed out that the episode title, by the way, the series has landed, is obviously a take on the eagle has landed. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, people may not know their space history, mm-hmm. so just we'll we'll cover those things. And what the eagle has landed come from? That for the Apollo Eleven moon landing. Yes. What my final question? What flag was on the farmer's rover? The Confederate. It was the Confederate flag. <laughs> yes. <was> a guess. <laughs> Uh, and finally, what are the names of the games besides the Pac-Man? Yeah, I've got no idea. We have Ski Ball, Virtual Ski Ball, Virtual Virtual Ski Ball, <laughs> Mortal Cooperation. It, it, sorry, I can't, it feels just like I'm playing Virtual, virtual Ski Ball. Yes. Uh, the, the Pac-Person, Dota Capade, so D-O-D-E-C-A-P-E-D-E, Dota Capade. D-O, what? D-O-D-E-C-A-P-E-D-E. Dodecapede? Dodecapede. Yeah, Dodecapede, that'll be it. And the claw machine. Actually, got one more question. And this one you won't get. The Planet Express ship makes it to the moon in two seconds, as you mentioned before. For an object to get to the moon from Earth, which is 230,100 miles in just two seconds, how fast would it have to be going? Speed of light? 413,848,921 miles per hour. Which is much faster than the speed of light. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, so the original air date was April 4th, 1999. The title caption was In Hypnovision, and the opening cartoon was Porky Pig in Baby Bottleneck. Now, the episode kicks off with the cold opening we mentioned before of the crew watching the Planet Express Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. Now, the reason... Airing an ad during the Super Bowl, not on the same channel. They thought this was... Although hoping this was going to air straight after the Super Bowl. Ah, okay. Which is where the gag would have come from. Yeah. It didn't. It still works, though. Like, you yeah. still know that Super Bowl ad space is super expensive. Yep, yep, yep. So, what happens in the commercial? Well, basically, it's just explaining to us what the business is going to do. Yes. Said. So, um, you know, you travel the, off to faraway planets. We get the first horrible gelatinous blob. Yeah, yeah. That is pretty funny. The actually. humans were supposed to decay. They originally were decaying and the sensors went, can you turn it down a little bit? So, right. Yeah. So they stay whole yeah. in there. And actually respond to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, so you, they're heading off to different planets, giant birds, all that sort of stuff. And then you get the little callback at the end of Farnsworth. Now I hope everyone likes giant X. Um, but they spell out the fact pretty quickly that there's going to be danger as well. Yeah. That it's like a more comical version of Star Trek. You're going to go off to different planets. You're going to engage. <laughs> You're not just there to explore, and you're probably going to be killed. Well, they kind of did that in the um in the first episode where it had the contents of the space bugs' stomach or whatever, which was the the chips for the original crew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the original ending of this was the professor putting on a chicken suit, which I don't see how that would have been funny. It makes I, I can't work out how that would have made any sense. Are they implying they skinned a bird? I don't know. It just said oh, he was originally going to put on a chicken suit. I was like. And and then what? In the ad? No, no. It, when he goes, I hope you all like eggs, and goes yeah, to the right. next room, and then he was going to put on a chicken suit. I don't get it. I, I don't understand. It's very avant-garde. Mm. Um, I don't know. Toy Story 2 had come out. People, people thought chicken men were all the rage. <laughs> so we get the opening. First person to arrive is Hermes. Hermes. In the, in the professor. Changing the sorry we're late sign to sorry we're open. Yes. Ah, oh, that's Yeah, that's good. Uh, the professor explains who he is. Just to give us, as the viewer, an idea of who this guy is, because we've never seen him before. The whole opening few minutes is just exposition, basically, with a couple jokes thrown in. Ah, Hermes. Crew, meet Hermes Conrad. He manages my delivery business, pays the bills, notifies next of kin, what have you. Someone come and drop this package to the slot last night. Now, which one of you is the captain? Oh, my. I haven't picked a new captain yet. It's always so hard to choose. Ooh, 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 ooh. Mm, you. Ah. I thought they were going to go for a gag here, but no, it was just 
clearly these guys aren't adequate. Well, that is the gag. Yeah. The gag is that in that very moment, everyone is displaying their actual credentials. Yeah. I like Fry with his, ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Bender burps here, right? Yeah. Now, those burps are all real. So, I was listening to the commentary and they had uh, John DiMaggio do a, a burp on the spot. Yeah, right. It sounds disgusting. I'm sure it would. <laughs> and they're like, well, let's not get into that again. <laughs> <laughs> He makes Leela the captain, and then Hermes makes her sign the release form. Which is like a version of a waiver, basically. Yeah, because yeah. you are going to get in trouble here. Yeah. Fry then gets to meet Zoidberg, because he's doing the... It's like a physical. Now, Fry, before you go into space, you'll need to see our staff doctor. I should warn you, though, he's a little unusual. He wears sandals. <laughs> hi Dr. Zoidberg, this is Fry, the new delivery boy. He needs a physical. Excellent, excellent. You'll be fine. Now open your mouth and let's have a look at that brain. No, 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 not that mouth. I only have one. Really? Uh, is there a human doctor around? Young lady, I'm an expert on humans. Now pick a mouth, open it and say... <clears throat> what? My mother was a saint! Get out! I love that the professor, he wears sandals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Have you ever been to a doctor who didn't quite seem right? Not to the extent of Zoidberg, but you were like, I don't know if I trust you. I don't, I don't, oh, well, I don't know whether I trust that you know exactly what is wrong with me and how to diagnose me. I'm trying to think. Because I, when I was a kid... There's a do- like there was a doctor that my mum used to take me to. Yep. Who not quite sandals, but he was very much like he had that thing where it always looked like he'd just come in from the beach. Like I was interrupting a holiday. Okay. Basically, uh, like we were, this was down on the surf coast. So, so he made it, you feel bad. No, it's not that he. It's <laughs> not that it made me feel bad. It's just that I did not get the impression that he'd been working for six hours before coming in to see me. It was almost like he was always, and like as soon as I was done, he was going to go head off and play golf or something, and then he was going to come back for his next appointment. He's taking the time just for you. Yeah, like he was a very, very chilled out dude. Like little, you know, those wooden rip curl style necklaces and that sort of thing yeah, yeah. he would wear. Um, was he actually a doctor? <laughs> this is, as a kid, <laughs> I trusted him. But when I look back as an adult, I'm not so sure. <laughs> Do you know one time we went to the doctors and this guy, he called Nicola Fat, this doctor. In as many words. He goes, so she was sick. And he goes, I remember, he goes, well, you're probably going to lose your appetite. Not that that's a bad thing though. Is that maybe just a joke no, about no, no, women no, in no, general? Actually, no, actually, his words were, sorry. He goes, you're going to lose your but, but I mean, you're not going to starve to death, are you? That's what he said. <laughs> oh, no. You can't do that. I know. And I was like, do I flatten this guy? Or what? what? Mate, she's six months pregnant. Uh, th- oh, this is... <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. Yes. But I was like, do I say something? Do I... Nicola? And she was gutted when she left. I was like, should not I that s- that was a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> should I have said something there? Like, is, is there a point where you're supposed to, where you're allowed to yell, yell at the doctor? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, when he's two fingers deep, <laughs> and you've only come in for a tonsil check. Right, <laughs> this wasn't part of the deal. <laughs> so, and then the professor is checking Bender's neck, just cleaning it. He's very, very dirty on the inside. And this is where we meet Amy, who is... What is what is Amy's job? She's just an intern, essentially. Uh, yeah, I mean, her first thing is that she she's an engineering student, but she's just there to clean Bender. If she feels like a work experience kid. Yep, yep, yep. Um, as you said, intern is the 
I mean, you, you gave it a much better word straight away and left me nowhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of plant the seeds here too for a, a, a love to brew between Fry and Amy. They're kind of similar. Yeah, a little Same bit. age. Yeah. And you kind of get a sense here that Leela notices that. Yeah. But throughout the episode, similar to the first you one. You could say that Leela is keeping her eye on it. Oh, you could. Nice work. Uh, Leela, she is still... She, you were saying in the first episode that it doesn't take long for Leela to get sick of Fry. That's evident here. Does um, Leela wink or blink? Just while I'm on the eye thing. Uh, wink. I would have to say wink. Okay. Because you can't half wink an eye. Yeah. Throw it open to the fans. <laughs> we should run a poll in the, in the Patreon page. Let's do it. Let's do that. Um, yes, but she's she's already sort of sick of Fry. For the whole episode, she's treating him like a child. And it's not till the end, similar to the first episode, where she, he opens her eyes again and makes her realize, oh, yeah, you are kind of right. Yeah. This, this is beautiful. You know what I mean? We get. You were talking about uh, how you start to see Bender become more of that jerk Bender. Yes. Uh, and we get that here where he's pickpocketing Amy. It's hilarious. That all's ad-libbed. Apparently, it's said in the script, improvised ad-libbed singing. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. Um, Then he's also abusing his own body as well, though. Yeah. Like, throws his own head at himself. (laughs) Nice catch for you. (laughs) But I just love the, all right, show's over. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, rich girl, look over here. It's me, Bender. I'm being entertaining. Look at my head. It's okay. Look at my head. I got big old head and hey, ho. All right, show's over. I'm tired. Ah, to be young again, and also a robot. Now, as I recall, you youngsters have a package to deliver. Finally. Come on, Bender. Let's mosey. Nice catch, idiot. So why does uh, Professor keep her around? Because she has the same blood type. Right, so she's just there so he can harvest organs, basically. If something goes on, she has the same blood type. I love when they leave. If something happens, bring back the blood. <laughs> <laughs> we learn here also that you said before that she's rich, but she's not as privileged here. She's no. sort of like, okay, yeah, I know I am rich. It's like she's trying to distance herself a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time to go. So they're going to the moon. And can you imagine if someone said, let's go to the moon? How incredibly exciting would that be? But we'd get there and there would be nothing there. That'd be fine. It would you know be fine. Would because be we'd be like Fry. Because Fry doesn't yeah. care about the theme park. He just wants to be on the moon. The footprints would still be there. Yeah, with the Nike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How good is that? There's a really interesting fact about that, which I'll get to when we get to that moment where they okay. get to the moon landing site. But so they go to the moon and we get the, the countdown. Mm-hmm. There's another, sorry, just before the countdown, there's yeah. a line in there saying about how the moon is nowhere special, like Neil Armstrong and all those other brave guys you've never heard of, which prompted me to write down as many astronauts as I could think of off the top of my head. But I want to challenge you. I'll go through my list in a second. Any. You don't know any? No. Nah, That's an easy one then. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a space kid. You know Buzz. I, I, besides the Buzz Aldrin and okay. uh, Neil Armstrong. Who's the third guy on that mission? Michael Collins Michael was Collins, the man okay. who was just chilling out, doing laps of the moon while they were down doing their thing. Uh, so we've got Jim Lovell from Apollo 13, Jack Swaggart from Apollo 13, Fred Hayes and Gus Gratis. Uh, sorry, Fred Hayes. Oh, who was the other one? There was another one. Mattingly. Ken Mattingly from Apollo 13. Did Jimmy um, Sidebands? <laughs> uh, Glenn Ford, Gus Grissom, Alan Shepard were sort of like, they were some of the original... Um, I think they might have been the original seven, part of the original seven anyway. And Andy Thomas, Australia's own homegrown astronaut. Andy Thomas. Sounds like a either a golfer or a tennis player. Andy Thomas. Yeah. It's generic sportsman. You can yeah. put the, you can put Andy Thomas, he could be playing halfback flank for St. Kilda. NBA. He could be Yeah, he could be riding the bench in the NBA. He's not gonna be a lead. <laughs> um he could be could be a handballer. 
the best handball. Is there professional handballing? Yeah, I understand there's the Olympics, but it's it's big in Europe. A European handball because we used to call it European handball at school, didn't yeah. we? But is it different to normal handball, or is it just we call it European handball because that's where it originated, or is European handball its own thing? I think it's like lacrosse without the sticks, in a sense. Like you you grab a ball, you pass the ball around your teammates. There's a little ring that you're not allowed to enter from, and you have to throw it past a goalie from outside the ring. Lacrosse. I remember playing that at school. Did you ever play lacrosse at school? A couple of times. Yeah. Were you any good at it? I used to dominate oh, lacrosse. Oh, I was okay. I was really and then I watched American Pie and realized that lacrosse is actually quite a rough sport and went, oh, that's not how we played at school. I used to be really good at scooping the ball up. Wasn't very accurate at throwing the ball, though. Yeah. Okay. What was your sport at school? What was the one thing that you go, all right, I'm signing up to that because I know I'm going to dominate? Oh, cricket. Cricket, okay. Yeah, um, because while I was not the best cricketer when everyone plays cricket, if it was just if it was PE, for example, and they're like, right, today we're playing cricket, then I was hands down going to be the best in the class. Like I was the only person that actually played cricket on a Saturday. So okay. it was a case of, right, sweet, I'll be having a bat then and you guys can just enjoy bowling for the next 45 minutes because none of you are going to get me out. <laughs> Kangaroo cricket? Yeah, like little plastic bats and tennis balls. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do really well at lawn bowls. We had the lawn bowl centre oh, right behind our school. Okay. I was so good at lawn bowls. I can't wait till they build the lawn bowls down the road here. We should get a team going. Yeah, I'm happy to go. I'll play lawn bowls. Yeah. Like, I've always really enjoyed it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Cracker Jack? Yeah. Amazing movie. Yeah. Just so put good. it in the ditch, Stando. Yes. <laughs> I just put it in the ditch. I love that the nod. Yeah. <laughs> Tip of the hat. Overseas uh, listeners will have no idea what Cracker Jack is. No, they won't. Source it. It's an amazing Melbourne-made movie. I had to explain. And so, this is like one of the best tangents we've ever gone off on. I was chatting to a guy named... I can't remember his last name. But his first name is Demarcus. He plays for the Geelong Supercats. He's from Houston. Um, so, he's one of the I know imports. who you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Really, really cool dude. He was in at work. We've got the lawn... We had the Commonwealth Games on. And... Lawn Bowls was being televised at the was time. Was it really? He's looking at it like he's never seen Lawn Bowls before in his life. So I'm sitting there at work explaining the rules of Lawn Bowls to an import semi-professional basketballer. That's awesome. Um, and Can he join our team? Ult- yeah, why not? <laughs> I, I assume We have a US import. I assume reach is good <laughs> in Lawn Bowls. But ultimately, the way I got, got it through to him was like, um, you ever see curling? It's like, oh, curling, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're from fucking Texas and you know curling, but you don't know lawn bowls. When, when does it snow in Texas? Is lawn bowls not a sport in America? Obviously not. Not a big one anyway. I find that hard to believe. Must exist. Just it's not an Australian a, thing. Yeah. Must just be on a smaller level. But listeners, if you're out there and you get an opportunity, go to do some lawn bowls. Like you can drink and play the sport. It's amazing. Let's start a league. <laughs> Before we can we'll roll our own greens. <laughs> Alrighty, so getting back to the series has landed. Oh, what time is the moon open till? What time is the moon open till? Um, the dark side of the moon? It's nine. The moon. See the moon, okay. it's open till nine. Okay. Do you think this could actually happen? One day, three, a thousand years from now, oh. theme park on the moon. Because th- there's nothing else there. Do you I think mean, that's what theori- they'll do? Theoretically. I don't think... Theoretically, yes. I mean, for privatized... Privatized space exploration is sort of already seeming like that's going to be the go-to model for the future rather than government-funded. And for it to be privatized, there's got to be profit. So whether that is your tourist flights, people paying to go into you know the outer reaches of the atmosphere, which is stuff that's already been floated by Richard Branson's and Elon Musk's and all that sort of thing. It'll be a thing before we do I don't know if it would be as far as build a theme park there, but who knows? I mean, a thousand, a thousand years, years from now, anything could happen. But certainly... 
The moon could just be like a billboard you just drive past in a thousand years. <laughs> Possibly. It's a signpost. <laughs> just there's a petrol station on there. Yeah. Last, to- <laughs> last toilet for 678,000 yeah, yeah. kilometers. <laughs> What's your favorite theme park memory? I know we discussed in the show the whole uh, the Batman ride Yeah. at Movie World. I got a message from Blommy saying he read he really liked your review where you were talking about the Itchy and Scratchy Land. He sent me a screenshot of it from the book. Oh, from the book? Yeah. I forget that we have a book. I think my favourite memory, because this is a fact that I'd learned purely through going to the theme park, yeah. was that I, I'd learned that humans shrink throughout the day. Like that your spine compresses while you're walking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the way I learned that is my dad and I were at Movie World. The Lethal Weapon ride had only just opened. He was really excited. He was like a kid again, basically. So we, we did the Lethal Weapon ride first thing in the day. And like the height stick probably came to, a uh, let's say, not quite my hairline, but it was sort of, you know, top of my head, height stick. Hit it, fine, you're tall enough to go on the ride. Spend the rest of the day at the movie world and then that you know it's 4.30, we're about to go home, the lines are low now, so it's like, well, let's go do Lethal Weapon again. And I walked straight under it, like didn't even flick my hair. And we were both like, like it was that the confidence of a nine-year-old that's already, it's like, I've done this test, don't worry, guys, I've got this covered. And then, <laughs> shoom, I'm like, what happened? <laughs> I was like, have they changed it? Did the kid my height die? Like, have they got a new stick? What the hell? I think you may have told that story before, but you didn't add that bit on the end. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what they do at Movie World now? There's a new ride called the Hypercoaster, and they film you on it. It's incredible. Okay. Because you forget that you're being filmed. That's cool. So, so you're going up, and you're like, um, I, my video, I should put it on the, in the Patreon group. I'm just like, <laughs> and we go down the first drop, my eyes just bulge out of my head. I'm just close my eyes, just hope for the best. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> but do you think they, because you said in that review in the book, Itchy and Scratchy Land, they truly encapsulated what a theme park was like. Mm. I think they do it even more so here. With the souvenirs and things like that, yeah, taking the piss out of they ramp up souvenirs. The, they <laughs> ramp up the negative aspects of it here. Yes, it's yeah. because you don't want Fry to be enjoying it. Itchy and Scratchy Land. They ramp up all the positives of what it's like being a kid in this amazing wonder world where you can play with everything. It's all great. Whereas here, it's the tackiness and it's all of the stuff that you don't want it to be. I've got here. It's more of a toned down version of a theme park compared to Itchy and Scratchy Land. It's more like the Geelong Show compared to it an is, actual theme yeah. park. Just all the side shows, yeah. side games. Which, again, like it needs to be. You don't want it to be yeah. appealing yeah. for the for the episode to work. It just seems funny that a thousand years from now, an Itchy and Scratchy Land is actually more sort of it's got robots yeah. and shit. Yeah. <laughs> this one doesn't. Hurry up. I want to see the moon. Relax. It's open till nine. That's one small step for Fry and one giant line for admission. Wow. Um... Can I have cuts? Mm-hmm. No. You're not going to believe this, but they landed an amusement park on the moon. Gah. It's the happiest place orbiting Earth. Well, let's go already. Fry, we have a crate to deliver. Well, let's just dump it in the sewer and say we delivered it. Too much work. Let's burn it and say we dumped it in the sewer. Okay. If everyone's finished being stupid. I had more, but you go ahead. We'll deliver that crate like professionals, and then we'll go home. But I've never been to the moon before. All right. We'll deliver that crate like professionals, and then we'll go ride the bumper cars. So Fry's just pretty much begging to go to to Luna Park. Mm -hmm. Not the one in Melbourne. No. Or Sydney. I saw that and I was like... Is there one in Sydney as well? Yeah, a little mini one. Mini version of it. Did you ever go to Luna Park when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. It's been there as an adult. It's, you know, it's fine. It's, not, it's a place to spend an hour. Yeah, <laughs> in fact. <laughs> so, uh, Amy goes to help Fry hoist the... What are they actually taking to the moon? A package of some sort. 
Is it even revealed? I don't know. I can't remember. Hmm. But they're not paying attention. The keys get keys. sucked out of her yeah. pocket and down into the box. Oh, is it? How do the keys get in there? Is it toys maybe? Oh, yeah. It must be the claw machine. Or the toys that get filled into, into the claw the, machine. Yeah, that gets yeah. tipped in there. Yeah. Amy, why don't you help Fry hoist down the crate? Then lock up when you're done. Just be careful. Aye, aye, Captain. I mean, only one eye. I mean, yes, sir. Um, ma'am? Then we get the intro to Sal. Now, Sal's the guy who's pretty much the future armor equivalent of the wise guy. Yeah, who just appears. Yes, to different jobs here, there, and everywhere. He hasn't quite added the S's to the end of his sentences yet. Yeah. That, that's the thing they added in later on. But I love that Fry thinks he's an alien. We come in peace. Yeah. <laughs> they enter Luna Park, and we get credit for what's, what's he say? Um... Uh, like if I wasn't right. so lazy, I'd kick your ass. But you are lazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> just, oh. just, just, just making sure. Yes. Um, um, we then enter Luna Park, and yes, Crater Face. Crater Face. Now, do you know what this is from? Yes, I have it written here. Journey to the Moon, the film, which is an old yeah. school film that I used to watch when I was a kid at school. One of the first films ever made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by or oh, Millay or something like that. That's George, little... George, what was the name? Is Journey the to the, the Moon or Voyage to the Moon? I feel like I feel like a future on podcast. We need to get things right because the listeners will be raging if we don't. They'll be right on it. It's yeah. actually called A Trip to the Moon. A Trip to the Moon. Okay. And it was, uh, yeah, George Millay. George Millay. It's like, I mean, there's two different accents on the E's, but it's M E L I E S. So okay. I'm gonna go with Millay. If I remember correctly, the rocket ends up in the eye. Yes. In that movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, like it's from the poster. It's a very very famous yes. shot. Uh, voiced by Tress McNeil. Your mate. My mate Tress. <laughs> Love her work. Hi, I'm Craterface. Welcome to Luna Park. I'll have to confiscate your alcohol, sir. Better mascots than you have tried. <laughs> At least I still have my self-respect. <laughs> I love the acting and delivery of the crying. Just a slow descent into crying. Yeah. Then we get the souvenirs. Do you buy souvenirs when we go away? We buy a magnet everywhere we go for the fridge. Okay. Uh, not often. Like, if something really grabs me, okay. yeah. But, like, say, all of that I have from our trip to New York, I got two 30 rock magnets. And I don't remember what one of them is now that I've said that out loud. But one of them is Alec Baldwin and the slogan, Rich 50 is middle class 38. Okay, yeah. Um, but, like... That's probably the only thing that I can think of having bought from overseas. I feel like, though, you would be a traditionalist when it comes to going to the footy and buying a record. It's not a souvenir, but do you buy the record? Only for finals games. Okay. Not week in, week out, particularly because most of what's in the record is now available online On anyway. Yeah. yeah. But it's just, I don't know. You, you, I sort of feel sorry for the kid now because I never see anyone buying a record anymore. No. They still give it so much gusto. Yeah. it's, it's any pla- Record! They put on the real deep voice. Uh, and when they give them the food. I do love that. Yeah, it'll be like, records, get your yeah. records. It's like you're 10 years old, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, after the game, do you want to come back? And uh, I got the new God of War. We'll go play God of War. Yeah, how many people are coming? Records, yes. <laughs> get your records, $5. And the classic, hot pies, yeah. cold drinks, chocolate bars. <laughs> I just enjoy that voice. Yes. I actually, uh, <laughs> secretly, I've always wanted to have that job just so I could spend the day. I'm surprised you never did that. I yeah. can really see you doing it now. Yeah. Just for a day. Just for a day. Can we make that happen? We should. Why don't we make that happen? But I should, I want to do it in, I think I want to wear a tuxedo or something. Or Probably. a big ringmaster's hat. Or dress like Hugh Jackman from The Greatest Showman and try <laughs> to sell <laughs> NFL records. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all all him in, um, uh, what's the movie with The, the Prestige? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have some spats. Yes. <laughs> we have to make this happen. 
Oh, I'm sure it's doable. I reckon it would be. Can't be too hard to take over a record stand. We'll just mug one of the kids. Take his his records. (laughs) 20 bucks and send him to the shops. Yeah, that's it. Mate, go grab us some fish and chips. We get here, though, the introduction into the fact that Bender can't handle magnets. Yeah, they screw up his inhibition inhibition unit. Get it off. Get it off. Get it. Uh Uh-oh. How many roads must a man walk down before you... (laughs) Keep those things off of me. Magnets screw up my inhibition unit. So you flip out and start acting like some crazy folk singer? Yes. I guess a robot would have to be crazy to want to be a folk singer. It's really cool animation of him dancing. He's like his body yeah. spins, his feet spins, his head, all that kind of thing. Um, the in that moment, there's an alien sign in the background, yes, as well, which translates to "tasty human burgers." It does, correct. I love that it's only episode two, and they've thrown in a, a full sign of just alien language. Yeah, yep, like yep. it's you know, it's phenomenal with code breaking. Again, yes. I take my hats off to my yep. hat off to those people. I think had they realized that people were able to crack the code so quickly, they would have put more of them in. Probably. There's only one in this whole episode. Yeah. And this was meant to be episode seven. So I'm hoping, I don't think there's more for a few episodes, which is mm. kind of disappointing. I was hoping there's going to be plenty throughout that we can always translate. But we get here Bender singing Blowing in the Wind. Now, apparently they had no trouble getting the rights to singing Blowing in the Wind. Okay. But they also wanted the song If I Had a Hammer. Wasn't happening. Right. They're like Blowing in the Wind's the, the classic. Yeah. No worries about getting the rights to that song, but they couldn't have him singing the other one. Interesting. Yeah. But it's also uh, later on down the track, um, a reference to the fact that Bender loves being, he wanted to be a folk singer. Because yeah, okay. Why would a robot ever want to be a folk singer? And the episode down the track with Beck, where he becomes a folk singer. Then we get the log ride, and it's very similar to It's a Small World. Have you been on the It's a Small World ride? It's no. It's fucking terrible. It's yeah. just them singing It's a Small World over and over again in different languages. Yeah. Yeah, no, it'd be nuts. It's horrendous. I, I could not handle that. I've been on the Looney Tunes ride where... Um, oh, that's gone now. Where Bugs Bunny... Yeah, I know. Yeah. Where Bugs Bunny had tunneled his way through the center of the earth. Yeah. It was cool when you were a kid. Yeah. There's certain kitschy enjoyment as an adult, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is, when you go to American theme parks, even the kiddie rides, you still check them out because they put so much effort into yeah. it. Like, they're really great. But we get the Whalers on the Moon. <laughs> yes. It's the first sort of Futurama song. Yeah. We're whalers on the moon, we carry a harpoon. Fly direct new whales, so we tell tall tales and sing a whaling tune. Bender! Hey, Bender! Over here! Ah, oh, jeez, I went to high school with that guy. Then we get the GoFo review. Now, this was originally 20 minutes long. Not, they weren't going to keep it 20 minutes long, but there's 20 minutes of footage. Yeah. And they kept it for like five seconds. Yeah. I love the fries. This is weak! <laughs> <laughs> What's the on the Simpsons? Is it the, it's the cheese place, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a rip off of. Um, is it a rip off of Chuck E. Cheese? Something like that. It's, yeah. it's Bart's birthday, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Fry then says he's tired of all this phony stuff. He wants he wants the real moon, which is what yeah. we'd be like. We'd I like that they mentioned here that the gravity is being kept artificial as well, because that was something in my head. I was yeah, like, okay. okay, so apparently the moon now has normal gravity, and then they cover that later. I'm like, okay, that's in the fine. dome. Yep, yep. As long as it's referenced, I don't care. Yes. They don't need to explain how they've done it. As long as someone says, "Oh, we faked gravity," and you're like, "Oh, yeah, done." Yep. I'm with you. Yep. I'm with you. It's your three thousand. You can do whatever you yep. want. Yeah. I don't think I've ever spoken about it on the podcast, but yeah. one of my favorite movie quotes of all time relates to that. It's from Thank You for Smoking. You have referenced this film a lot, so you may have mentioned this. So they're talking about getting cigarette um, product placement into a movie in space. You have mentioned this. Yeah. And Rob Lowe's talk, like, you know, we'll have it in there. And then the line is, but wouldn't they, cig- wouldn't they blow up in an all oxygen environment? Probably. But it's an easy fix. One line of dialogue. Thank God we invented the, you know, whatever device. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I love that. That is such a Hollywood 
and and as a consumer, I'd be cool with it as well. Riding <laughs> out of a plot hole. Yeah, yeah. Leela suggests that maybe they should go to the Destination Moon rover ride. And the history is just completely wrong, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> the yeah. honeymooners. The pioneers on the moon. One of these days. <laughs> Finally, get ready for some serious moon action. The story of lunar exploration started with one man. A man with a dream. One of these days, Alice. Bang. Zoom. Straight to the moon. Wow. I never realized the first astronauts were so fat. That's not an astronaut, it's a TV comedian. I mean, he was just using space travel as a metaphor for beating his wife. The thing is, though, when they're singing the song where whalers on the moon, even Leela gets, in, gets involved with it because that's what they believe is real. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's their history. It's their version of history but now. Fry actually knows the real history, which is surprisingly something they didn't tap into more often, that Fry actually knows what really happened in yeah, the past. Yeah, true. He just accepted the new version of history. Yeah. The rewritten history. Amy is then playing virtual, virtual ski ball and notices that the keys have been trapped in the claw machine. Mm-hmm. And she tries to get them out. She fails. Gets yells in Chinese. I just love the sound of it. Love the, the delivery. Fry and Leela are then on the ride and they're saying, no one knows how man first landed on the moon. Fry's like, yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much just shuts his whole thing down. He's had enough of it. So what does he do? He gets the... It's actually quite clever from Fry. Grabs the harpoon, shoves it in and yep. he ends up going... Derails himself. Yeah. yeah. Kills the robot in the process. Yeah. But he died doing what he loved. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you're on the surface. Now I'll give you 10 minutes. Then you'll get bored, turn around, and apologize for being such a jerk. Agreed? Agreed. It just looks incredibly fun, doesn't it? And it does. The animation of the moon is beautiful. It Whilst is. there's nothing there, it still just looks great. Yeah, it's, it is. Um, there's this kind of serene beauty. Yeah. to the landscape and they capture it very very well in this episode what we do also get is the first real taste in this series of Fry being an idiot and Leela being an excellent captain saving the day you can understand Fry's reasoning for wanting to do this but it was a silly way of doing it oh yeah no it's not so much nothing about the motivation it's just the fact that it's Fry, impulsive I guess you could say yeah he's impulsive and he doesn't think things through and he's going to get himself into peril and Leela being the more analytical one is going to be the one that Quick thinking, takes action, gets them out of a tight spot. I've never really thought about it like this, but I guess Fry is an older version of Bart, isn't he? Uh, kind of. Would, would, would you say? No, nah, look, I, honestly, I don't even want to draw the comparisons. Comparisons, now, yeah. Like, they're two separate episodes. Uh, sorry, they're two separate Shows. entities. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's... I think it actually takes credit away from the characterizations of Futurama to just be... To try to be like, oh, Bender is this, like Homer, yeah, or this yeah. is like that. I'm like, no, Bender is Bender, and... Fry's fry, butt is butt. So what happens? They're driving around. Oh, Fry says, crank up the radio. It's whalers on the moon. Yeah. Turns it straight off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fry wants to see the original moon landing site. For us, if we went to the moon, that's the first thing we'd want to see as well, isn't it? Definitely. You'd want to see if it was really there because you don't believe it actually happened. I, I <laughs> will <laughs> stab you in the neck. <laughs> they end up landing in a sinking crater. Oh, the, every man for himself. Help me, Leela. <laughs> 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 she then helps him out of oxygen. Every man for himself. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's an episode later on where Bender says that. I just I love I love that line of every man for himself. Yeah. Just the panic. Yeah. <laughs> it's um it's, it, it's the revelant of joy. It's all over yeah. people. <laughs> we don't have a prayer. Whenever I hear someone say that line, I think of the lawyer in Jurassic Park leaving the kids. It's every man for himself <laughs> runs to the toilet. <laughs> well, when you gotta go, you gotta go. Yes. <laughs> Oh, man. So, Amy is still trying to get the keys out. I think she's pretty much would have spent all her money by now. Well, I guess she is rich. And Bennett just sticks his arm up, 
Gets caught though, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and then gets kicked out of the moon for it. Yeah. Which is where we start to get the two storylines get set on a path that they're going to converge again. Yeah, they're called the Moon Patrol, which is apparently a reference to the arcade game Moon Patrol. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm going to go build my own theme park with blackjack and hookers. In fact, forget the park. I was like, hookers? Ooh, it's a kid's show. <laughs> Yeah, I think you'd even hear that in The Simpsons back in the day. Uh, no, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. Even today, I don't reckon no. that they talk about hookers too often. But Grand Theft Auto 3 had come and gone by this point. Yeah. Kids were used to picking up hookers then. Just like, forget the park. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, uh, Bender doesn't need oxygen, so he's fine just walking and roaming yep. the moon. Fry and Leela, then, they didn't find the barn because they're running out of oxygen. Running it, yeah. See a barn. And, and this is, I like that it's prototypical farmer. This is like deep southern farmer, a, a, like Dukes of Hazard style farmer. Yeah, basically. I've, I've written hillbilly. Yeah, <laughs> a He's, redneck on the moon. Yeah, he says they can stay if they do their chores, but just don't touch my robot daughters. Yeah. Which is a classic farm trope. Yeah, and the the crushnator. It's amazing, isn't yeah. it? This here is Lulu Bell Seven. You who? Daisy May One Twenty Eight K. You And the crushnator. You who? Uh, Leela is then complaining, but Fry's just super excited he's, he's on the moon. Like, yeah. Leela, she's just pissed off. You got us in this situation, but Fry still hasn't wrapped his head around the fact. He's just excited that he's there, mm. which I just love. He's enthusiastic throughout the whole episode. They're then milking, it's a good reveal, the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we hear a gunshot, and we it's revealed that Bender has touched the robot daughters. Yes. But not the Crushinator. <laughs> no. <laughs> Woman, that fine. You got a romance first. <laughs> <laughs> So he's now joined the team, and they steal a buggy to get away from the hillbilly with yep. his gun. I'm just going to refer cool. to the hillbilly. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's a cool action sequence. It is. It's animated very well. Gravity jumps over the ledge and that sort of thing. Yeah. I loved that the alligators have oxygen masks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, is that a reference to a film at all? Jumping over a, a gorge oh. with alligators in it. Closest thing I could think of, which isn't, but is um Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones. You know, yeah. Alligators at the bottom of the yeah yeah yeah. Gorge? I mean. <laughs> Indiana, jo- uh, Indiana Jones. James Bond runs over alligators. There's that very famous scene with Roger Moore where he just jumps on their backs and runs over a river full of them. I thought he meant drives over. I was like, oh my. No. no in- oh, good <laughs> God. No. <laughs> Steps over their backs. Yes. But I don't know if it's specifically a reference. I think it's just a thing that in general, you have a pit, there are alligators at the bottom of it. It's also a nice getaway soundtrack as well. It's the Futurama theme, mm. but like a more upbeat version yeah. of it. Yeah, it's, it's really nice uh, action sequence, as you said. The Crushinator, though, won't jump over the gorge, will she? Because she loves him. Yeah. <laughs> and they the love the, the farmer jumping on his hat. Yeah. He <laughs> God <has>. damn it, Crushinator. <laughs> uh, then we get the Dark Side of the Moon. Now, if you listen very closely, the track Up, which is on Dark Side of the Moon by mm. Pink Floyd. The album. The, yeah, the album. The, the intro to it, for a brief second, you can hear it as the moon, as the That's shadows coming cool. over the top. Yeah, you can only hear a fraction of it in the, in the background. Okay. But the Dark Side of the Moon pretty much means death for these guys yeah. if they don't get out of the way. Yeah, because it's going to get two freezing temperatures. Yes, and the professor is watching through his telescope, very similar to the sniffer scope, which comes in later yep. episodes. But we Do get... something, but I'm already in my pajamas. I, I didn't realise they actually had him saying it. That, that was They wanted that to be the catchphrase. I'm already in my oh, pajamas. Yeah, Remember right. I mentioned that the pilot? Yeah, you did. Yeah. I didn't even put two and two together yeah. as I watched it. Though. Two straight episodes, yeah. I'm already yeah. in my pajamas. I'm like, oh yeah, they really tried to force it down their throats, didn't they? Yeah. It doesn't really work. It's not. It's not funny. And it's too... It's a little funny in that line, but it's not a catchphrase. No, it's not a catchphrase at all, no. You can see why it didn't work. So Fry then wants to find the moon landing site. Oh, well, it's more that they just happen across it in their panic. 
when she says, I think Leela says, one of them says, no one's ever been able to find it or whatever. I thought, okay, well, that's the joke. That it's actually, like, they're sort of implying it never actually happened. Yeah. But then they do find it. I was like, ah, I'm glad they actually did find it. Yeah. I think, like, that kind of touch. They get there. And he steps in the footprint with the Nike, the Nike symbol. Yeah, I love it. So now you wanted, you said there was something to point out when we got to this point. Oh, just a little fun fact. So they got to the end of the script, right? And they realised that the, um, the what's the, is it like the pod or that the craft wouldn't be there anymore. Of course, because they yeah. So like, oh wait a minute. So ha- oh shit. And so what they did was they actually hang on. Oh yeah, I'm wondering if there was a bit that detaches, but no. Yeah. Yeah. So the way they wrote themselves out of it. Mm is they just put a sticker on the inside saying um, uh, it was like pod re- returned to site by the by the historical stickler society. Ah, uh, historical stickler society. Uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. The bit that I was going to say, like, so those footprints, providing no asteroids crashed into it or anything like that, the footprints would still be there today. Because there's no gravity. Because there's no gravity. There's, no oh, wind. well, there's gravity, but there's no is, atmosphere. Is there's there no wind. wind. No wind. No, yeah, 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 yeah. The flag, however, would be white because of the radiation, basically. Okay. It's... Again, no atmosphere. It's copying direct radiation. It would have like there would be no color left on the. But flag. they said it's a plastic flag, in the episode. Is it a plastic flag? The real one? I didn't think it was plastic because it blows in the wind, doesn't it? It, it doesn't blow in Not the wind. Not blow, but blows. Doesn't it, it doesn't it move. It wiggles, yeah, because they put like a um a rod. They put like a metallic thing up the top of it to keep it to stay straight. Basically, like they sew sewn. Um, yeah, I, I don't know the ins and outs, but there was like a little. F- flexible bit up the top which is why it wobbles a bit when they're okay. planting it cool. but in any case I, I didn't think it was plastic maybe it's like a plastic composite if you if you came across the moon landing site similar to how Fry has right mm. would you go and check it out or would you stand back and go I don't want to interfere with this uh, or, could, or would it just get the better of you and you have to go get into the craft and just check everything out if it's 3,000 years later uh, if it's tomorrow you somehow end up on the moon first thing you do is take a photo to prove to everyone that it was there yeah <laughs> That wouldn't that wouldn't work. photoshopped. <laughs> <laughs> um, I oh, it's a really good question because part of me knows that it deserves to be untouched, mm. but part of me would really want to go see it and be crawling up in its business. Crawling up in its business. <laughs> so moving on then, this is where Leela pretty much just destroys Fry's dream. Yeah, she just shits all over the romanticism. Yeah, yeah, he's and. Why? Just let him let him be happy about it. Let him be excited. Yeah, but she's, she's grown up in a off. time where no one. That's not so. Well, she's a little pissed off. He's yeah. nearly killed her. But she's also grown up in a time where it's like, no, this is just the moon. Yeah, it's not the moon. It's the moon. Yeah. Well, she's just trying to say, get in the craft because you're going to die as well. Like, yeah. Just get over it. It's just a fucking moon landing site. Get in here, because they don't know the real history either. Yeah, true. It wasn't a big deal to them. Hey, my foot's bigger. Leela, isn't this the greatest thing you've ever seen? Fry, look around. It's just a crummy plastic flag and a dead man's tracks in the dust. Now get in here before you freeze. (sighs) Oh, no room for Bender, huh? Fine, I'll go build my own lunar lander with blackjack. And hookers. In fact, forget the lunar lander and the blackjack. Ah, screw the whole thing. Then we get Fry, and he pretty much hears, similar to the first episode, he just he opens Leela's eyes, and you mentioned before, she looks out and sees the Earth, and it would be an incredible sight to see, wouldn't it? Yeah. Do you think we'll ever be able to do that? By the time, within the next, say, 30, 40 years, do you think we'll be able to pay money, go into space, and check out Earth? Yes. Do you think we'll be able to afford to do it, though? <laughs> Us? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
able to afford to travel in space it was in a the great, next 30 or 40 years. It was a great transition here, though, where you're looking at the, the Earth, nice soundtrack, it's a beautiful moment, and you see Bender running away over the hill, and he's getting chased by this giant tractor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he touched the doors again. I'll teach, I'll get you now, robot. Then Amy comes to the rescue with the claw. We mentioned this before. The, the, it's like the uh, claw machine, but it's a magnet. Yeah. And Bender starts singing. It's a really, really great ending to the episode. It feels like a mini movie. Yeah, as, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. It's just, it's a beginning, middle, end. This is everything coming together. All plot lines get wrapped up. It's a really satisfying ending. It is. And that brings us to the end yeah. of The Series Has Landed. Now, I think we'll... I can't remember if we did actually ask for this last week, but we'll, we'll, we are more than happy to take mailbag questions yeah. on the uh, just on Futurama. So, if you want to fire them through, just still send them to mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com. .au. .au, thank you. Or uh, just comment in the Patreon uh, the, Facebook page. The patrons um, know how to get in touch with us now, don't they? Pretty much, yeah. Dick pics. <laughs> Always grab my attention. But thank you once again for your support. Obviously, if you listen to this, you are supporting us here on Patreon. We do love each and every one of you. But as Mitch said, if you want to get your question answered on the show, if it's Futurama-based, just post it in the, fa- in the Facebook group. Mitch, any final words for listeners? Oh, hang on. We're doing that with you. We're, we're reversing things. It's your your business is finding final words now. Eh, it ain't so easy, is it? I'll tell you what, Dando. I'll give you some final words and some blackjack and some hookers. In fact... <laughs> Forget the whole damn podcast. You can forget the final words. (laughs)